0: Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan voices, past and present. Brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention. Visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and more information on this ministry. www.ihconvention.com One of the most unique preachers to ever stand behind the sacred desk was Richard Grimion. In 1987, he preached the Fall Revival at God's Bible School and College in Cincinnati, Ohio, and he preached this message titled, Leaning in the Right Direction. I know you're going to enjoy what you're about to hear.
1: I trust you've brought your Bibles with you today to follow the Word of God. Every service, there is no better habit than to have our Word. And uh, you don't know how the Spirit will speak to you, even in following, beyond what the preacher would have to say. I am convinced of this one thing, that if there's any book that the Holy Spirit is going to promote and back up, it's this book. Stack all the church disciplines from all the varied different denominations or non-denominations or what have you, and there is no book on earth that God the Holy Ghost will support and back up than this book. Praise His wonderful name. I've had that uh, renewed to me this past year in such a real way until I tell you I want to cling to the Word more than ever. He will support His Word. Praise His name you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from the third chapter of the book of Proverbs. Oh, how our hearts did feast upon this beautiful song. This brother singing in the Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit is here right now to talk to us and to help us. Spoke to my own heart in this song. In line with what I want to speak to you about today. May the Lord speak to us all. And not just go through the form. We've all been through so many revival services and heard so many preachers, and only the Holy Ghost is going to make the difference here. We know that. I want to talk to you about uh, which way you are leaning. I, uh, I appreciate that testimony. I believe he's in the Spirit, he's being honest. He is in an area, he's come from something what a lot of people have yet to be delivered from. It's true. Satan hangs it out all the time. You may turn your back on it, but Satan comes around the front and tries to just trot it right out again. And he can do it in such a realistic way until you still feel guilty, even though you know you've been delivered. You've come to this school and you've been in this school and on through, which way are you leading? What do you lean toward? Do you lean, you know, we're all leaning in some direction. And if I subject this morning and I, try, I always like to give a subject, title, whether I stay with it or not, I like to at least, so you will know the direction I'm intended to head And my message this morning is entitled, leaning in the right direction. We pulled out at 3 o'clock yes, uh, Sunday afternoon. We had to leave. I never tried, it was just... There was just no other way. I don't like to, any unnecessary travel on the Lord's day, but it was one of those times, the few times, and it will continue to be few. I don't care to be careless on the Sabbath. But uh, it was, we had not, we'd still be trying to get here. But uh, we had a course that I knew we had to take. Certain routes, There's no way around. I remember traveling in the 50s. Some of you will remember it before the time of the interstate system. In my home state and several other states didn't travel too far, but uh, occasionally you would see a white cross by the side of the road. Do you remember when this nation was laced with just two-lane highways? And there'd be a little white cross by the side of the road. And uh, it marked some previous fatal accident. A terrible crash. Someone was headed in a certain direction, but they didn't make it. There was an awful wreck. Oftentimes a family would come back by and they would plant that cross in memory of a loved one. And every time you'd pass down the highway, you'd see that white cross. Their white cross is in the Bible. Uh such a, you know the Bible doesn't just gloss it all over, and uh, but it tells of the failures as well as the success, and it tells of such as Saul and of David. It tells about even Moses in his failure. It tells of about Peter in his his cursing. Uh, it tells of Demas deserting the way of the cross, loving the world. These are white crosses. The Bible is faithful to warn. Those of you, there may be some from Florida. Is anybody from Florida here? Nobody from Florida, but you've traveled to Florida. This isn't Florida territory. This isn't turf for people to go to school. This is a... I won't say anything Yes. But in Florida, the signs, the highway signs in Florida are are frequent, and their slogan and their theme is arrive alive. I'll tell you, that was in my mind when we started out. It was in my mind all day, Cincinnati, alive. That was my thought, you know, arrive alive. And we're all on a trip. You started out serving the Lord Jesus Christ, you said yes to Him, you started off. you blasted off. In other words, that altar or wherever it is that you sought God, it was the launching pad. Brother, you're off on a course. And I doubt, I believe all of you, here's a good chance to say Amen, but all of us, if there's anything, we want to make it in. We want a safe trip we don't want a white cross punted by our name we want to make it all the way into the gates we want to have a safe journey we want to arrive safe and sound we want to make it into the city and i want to tell you this morning that only jesus christ can give you a safe trip i just said preacher come on that's not fantastic it's far more than you want to think it is don't you sell it short. I bring up the other side of this thing. You're going to have to come back. I want to tell you again this morning, only, only Jesus can give you a safe trip. God will straighten out the road. Now let's read the promise. In Proverbs chapter 3, you should have verses 5 and 6 already marked. Probably committed to memory. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. You have it, marked. You got it in your Bibles? You got it in your mind? Some of you are looking at me. Some of you are yawning, some are sleeping. I want to tell you, friend, if you don't start out early in life really having this until you know it like you know your name, only Jesus can give you a safe trip. I've got, I cannot, I must not, I must refuse to lean to my own understanding. What's your name? Hey, you ought to know this as well as you know your name. This sermon, this message this morning is one of the most simple. It's of a ultimate simplicity. And yet, I don't think there'll be anything more important that I'd speak to you this whole week. There's something about it. I can speak it a lot easier than I can live it. And I want to tell you the Holy Spirit of God puts it on me to live it every day and week after week. And, he really, and every last one of us are guilty. Staff, all of us that breathe, that are alive. Now, there, might not be, there might be a few here this morning. I might, might not be totally alive, but you're here. Again, I say only Jesus can. We want to head in the right direction. Heavenly Father, would you prevail with us right now? Oh, we thank Thee for the beautiful song, for the Spirit of God, but we must have your anointing. We don't want anybody to think that we would lean on our own ability, Lord. We are leaning on the touch of the Master. Inspire our heart just now to thy glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge the Lord, and he shall direct thy paths. It is a conditional promise, as so many are. If I perform, he will come through. It is a cooperative venture or effort. Divine guidance, listen, divine guidance is a revelational response to man's obedience. If I expect I'm on this Christian journey, I'm on this pilgrim journey, and I want to see the end of the way, I want to arrive alive, I want to have a safe trip, I want to have spiritual success. If I expect all these things, then I must be obedient to the Lord Jesus. I must be obedient to Him. I cannot expect to have His guidance. I cannot expect to have a revelation of His will unless I'm willing to be obedient. And we don't grow up that way naturally. No matter how much of a darling you were to your folks. And what a sweet angel you were at home. And how well your folks love you and you love them so dearly. You just don't grow up naturally like that. It takes the power of the Spirit of God inside of us, working in us, pushing us, promoting us, causing us to think this way, causing us to walk this way. It just does not come to us naturally. But a lot of people say, if God wants me to do a certain thing or to go a certain way or have a certain thing, he'll see to it that I have it. He'll also permit you to make mistakes. I read in the Word where he gave some people their requests. He gave it to them. He gave in to them. But he sent leanness to their souls. My friends, this morning, God's not going to jerk you up and turn you around. This is a conditional promise. And don't make the mistake that God would allow you to get off track. But he, true, if you do, he can get good out of it and he can get you back on the track. And I know if you stumble and you fall and you get off the straight and there, you can get back home. But it's just about like me saying, well, I don't care if I go out there and fall down on my face and break my arm. I can get it put in a cast again. I can get it set put in May the Lord help us here. There are two points that I want to leave with you this morning. First of all, according to these scriptures and this verse that I want to bring to you, that uh, there is a definite principle which I am to live by. And the basic principle is this, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. God is constantly trying to teach this to us. You never get too old. I don't care what kind of a degree you will earn or have or you're already into. I don't care where you are in your spirituality. The Lord has constantly got us on one big lifelong weaning process until we are totally trusting in Him. Even preachers, after so many years, we all have to be brought right back to this one thing, this simple one thing, that I must trust in the Lord with all my heart. With all my heart. It's a fact that a fellow won't trust God unless he has to. Amen. And the word trust here, translated properly, it means to lean upon for support or to lie helplessly on your face. In other words, cast yourself totally upon the Lord not sort of propped up here on something else, a nice big fat bank account or a lot of personal ability and personal qualities. And over here with this arm, I'm a leaning on the Lord. And just in case I get in the tight, it's nice to have him around. No, that's not the connotation of this verse here this morning. This verse is promoting this thought that I am to totally cast all my being and everything, every secret thing, every public, thing, all of my innermost, all of my life, I'm to lean on him totally for support. Someone has said that the believer is to have no visible means of support. His support is to be invisible. You've heard it. You'll find it said, well, old so-and-so is leaning pretty hard on if they ever die, they're, they're a goner. They're, they're wiped out. God's people are to stand on their own out there, uh, not, you know, not to they leaning, but their support is invisible. They're totally leaning on the Lord. A daily principle, a definite principle, which I am to live by, it is to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Trust the Lord, first of all, trust Him earnestly. It's to be a quality of trust, not a quantity. It's not to be uh, fragmented or partial, not trust Him today, and depend on myself tomorrow Uh, the sun is shining today everything's going fine I'm doing pretty good I'm leaning on my own but tomorrow it's overcast and it's all everything's happened everything trouble a lot of times like a stalk of banana you know it just it just like they just come in bunches it just it seems to mount up it seems to pile up everything goes wrong not just one thing generally goes wrong One thing starts and here comes another one and another one joins. And the first thing you know, there's a cluster of wrong things, bad things, so many things happening. No, friends, we're not to trust him today and depend on ourselves tomorrow. It's not to be fragmented. It's to be wholehearted. Trust him earnestly. Secondly, we're to trust him exclusively. Lean not to thine own understanding. Here's the problem. This is why I said, I'm going to go back when I said that statement. You didn't think it was very great. and You didn't think it was very big. You really didn't think too much of it. When I said that only Jesus can give you a safe trip. The Lord's kind of like my mother. Mothers have a way of telling boys not to do the very thing they know they want to do. My mother always had a way of telling me what not to do and it seemed like she could read my mind. She knew exactly what I would be apt to do, would want to do, and she'd say, don't. Consequently, in my own boyhood mind, I thought she was pretty mean at times. Now, I want everybody to wake up. I slept in chapel service before too, but that was way back there. I want you to try to wake up. I want you to hear me. Lean not to thine own understanding. Don't lean on yourself. This phrase amplifies the verse negatively. It means don't trust in your own intelligence or lean on your own preconceived ideas. I'm to refuse to lean on my own understanding for support or for my own ability to size up the situation and figure things out. And this is why it's so important to remember that only Jesus can give you a safe trip because the older you get, the smarter you get, the longer you chalk up some experiences and you've got quite a track record, you've got quite a history behind you, the more you get in your ability to figure things out, to size things up, to just sort of work it all out in your mind and anticipate it here and figure it out there. And the first thing you know, life is becoming real complex and and you're working here and you've got this deal going there. and it's just one big thing and hey where's the Lord in all this <laughs> and if you're going to have a safe trip and you're going to make it in safely and you're going to arrive alive and you're going to see the Lord at the end of a Christian race then you're going to have to constantly and consistently throw away that to promise to lean on your own understanding it is as natural as breathing with us to lean on what we know, what we think we know, and a lot of times what we don't know, but just kind of lean on that anyhow, you know. Well, this is the way I see it. You know, I heard—we both heard what so and so said to us, didn't we? <laughs> he cussed us out. There's no doubt about it. He let us have it. He slapped us up that side. And we turned and hit us on that side. We got slapped on both sides of the face and kicked in the seat of the pants. Hey, there's no doubt about it. And so it's going to happen. Well, the way I see it, there's only about one thing for me to do is pull out and quit. But all I know to do is give up. What are you doing when you do that? I said, this is so simple, but I want to tell you what you're doing is you're leaning on your own understanding. Let's say you got a job going and you really get jacked up about that job and they put on, oh, I never will forget I got a chewing out in a job. When I first got to Bible school, I desperately needed a job. And, and uh, I had, uh well, I won't get into all the details, but I remember the assistant manager coming, calling me into the office and he chewed me out and he he let me have it, and you would have thought that I was making. And this was back you know when the com. Let's see, the wage, the basic wage was a dollar an hour. And he let me have it. You thought they was paying me twenty dollars an hour, and uh, with all, and had all sort of responsibilities. You thought I. Hey, said, I'm gonna tell you, we're gonna give you a raise. We're gonna raise you to $1.15. dollar fifteen cents. I took all the chewing out. I let him get to me. Now, I had a choice. What we can do is, when we're faced with these kind of confrontations right away, what we all naturally do is right back into our thinking and how I can figure this thing out and what I ought to do. And right here is a verse that's staring us in the face and it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And the quality of trust is to be I'm so leaning on him that I refuse to lean on any of my understanding. I refuse to take it at all the way I see it, the way I'm looking at it, the way I've got it figured out, the way I understand it. Oh, no, I'm leaning on him totally. I guess preachers can become as guilty as anybody thing gets going rough in the church and says there's only one thing for me to do and that's pack up and go, check out. That's my understanding. Well, I know I'm not wanted. I know I'm not like, that's my understanding. Amen. This fits in in every phase in every walk of life. It matters not what you will end up being if you become a missionary or you're just a housewife or you're just a common laborer how you end up in life and the conflicts of life. The first natural thing is to revert to your own understanding. The first thing for you to do right here going through school is to go to your own understanding, the way you see it. Well, I don't care. I was there. I heard what they said. And hey, I know what they said. And this is the way I see it. God doesn't care how you see it. And we get caught in the storms of life, secretly going by living it the way we see it. And when we needed to have our faith stretched out, leaning on Him, trusting in Him, holding on, believing in Him with all we've got, and all of a sudden in the middle of a storm, our faith played out on us. What happened? We've been secretly had this little game going of leaning on the way we see it. Our intelligence, our ability to analyze, our ability to figure things out, that's where we are. And I want to tell you something. Leaning on my own understanding... You hear me this morning, leaning on my own understanding is the worship of self. It makes faith void. It destroys your faith. You might have risen from the altar blessed of God and you've got years of faith now and you've been trusted in God. But all of a sudden it begins to play out. People get into spiritual difficulty. They can't figure it out. I didn't sin. I didn't go out. I didn't watch this. I didn't get involved in that. I didn't attend this. I didn't go there. What's wrong? What have I done? You've just been too long leaning on your own understanding. And you lean on your own understanding. It is the worship of self. And it will knock all the faith you ever had right in the head. It'll kill it dead. And as we talked about last night, you will end up with a dead faith. Amen. It makes my faith void. It will destroy you. There are times when we say, well, trust in the Lord, when in reality we're not. You know, a lot of times we sing, I'm living by faith. I care not the day what tomorrow may bring with a shadow of sunshine I rain. The Lord overruleth oh, nor everything and all of my worries vain. I'm living by faith. Oh, we just can sing it and praise God over it. We generally... Sing higher than we live. Time and time again, we make decisions based on our own insight. And that's why ministers, the oldest one here today, including my myself to the youngest, to the instructors, to the students, to all of us put together, we can just flub. I mean fumble right out in the field of life, right in the game of life, right along the highway of life, we can just crash right into the ditch. I noted yesterday, I said to my wife, even after the road was getting better and it was slushy, but it really wasn't that bad. Here was a guy in the ditch. Here was another one. I can't figure out what are they doing in the ditch. And that's the way it'll be with you. You keep this up and the first thing you know, here's a brother and say, well, I knew that kid in school. I knew this one. What are they doing in the ditch? I thought they were going to pastor. I thought they were going to the mission field. And if you heard the ladies about them, they're in the ditch. Why, we didn't train them up here to be in a ditch. What happened? And it started out in this secret, subtle little area that you like the way you see it so much. You've got so much faith in the way you can analyze something, the way you understand things. And God's been put on the shelf. And all of a sudden, a great storm came. And instead, you haven't been in the habit of going to Him. You haven't been in the habit of just leading. Oh, God, I've got to have you every day, every day, in all of life's trials, in the sunshine, in the storms. I lean on you, Lord. I'm just all propped up. I rather so often we've just got it. I can handle it. I know what to do. I heard what they said. I know what they mean. I know what's up. Yep, yep. That's how we get bitter, that's how we get sour, that's how we get shut off in a corner somewhere, that's how we end up wrecked by the wayside, that's how we end up in the ditch. It started from this basic area. Leaning on our own understanding. I remind you that leaning, leaning on your own understanding will destroy all the faith that you've ever had. Yes, it will. Young people that marry outside the faith. I used to say that, but you can get wrong. <laughs> that's no certain. Just marrying inside the faith either. You can marry someone, goes to the same church and believes identically the same way, and that's not a sure, sure-fire method either. But you're really asking for trouble if you marry outside the faith. We all believe that. We just believe that a Christian young man ought to go and court a girl doesn't believe in Jesus Christ and who's a sinner, no matter how pretty she is. Come on. And we believe it be just that a, a precious young Christian girl ought to not even contemplate courting some old willie booger out there, some pair of breeches because she likes his beard. The way he looks and he's so masculine and didn't care. She just met him at a convenience store one day and just saw him there. And he talked to her a little bit and he was extra friendly, and her heart did three flip-flops and, and it kept going and decided. And she's prayed about it incidentally. Oh, yes, oh yes. I'm gonna trust the Lord to save him. She says, I'm tr- I'm trusting the Lord, and at the same time, oh, he's the one, he's the one. I'm gonna believe God. I've got it, Brother Jude, I've got it, he's the one. I've got a promise even. When we even get promises on this to underscore our own understanding, we even get promises a lot of times the way we see it and we go and hunt up a scripture. And uh, Come on. I hope we can all say ouch a little bit before it's over with this morning. The Lord put this on me. I tell you, Fritz, oh, I, it's so much easier to preach this than it is to live it. Because just as natural is breathing. That's the natural thing of all of us. It's to lean on the way we see it, to lean on our own understanding. Oh, and so she says, well, I'm going to believe God that the Lord's going to save him. And at the same time, she's leaning on her own understanding even though the Bible over and over cries out, what fellowship have light with darkness? There should not be unequally yoked together all of these things, but it takes place over and over in so many different cases across the country throughout homeless churches it's taking place. To live a life of faith we must be willing to throw away our own wisdom, our own understanding. I need a few things here to just kind of help me out here a moment. Uh, I want these books to represent a thing or two. How many of you like to get cussed out? Some months ago in my church service one morning, I said, how many of you have ever been cussed out in one poor old boy? He's had such an awful life. He still is having it. He? <sighs> he raised his hand. How many have been whipped, been beat up? How many have been spit in the face? Well, just everything i would mentioned, he just raised his hand. <laughs> Devil's got a hook in him. drink. He listened and found listen, horrible, just an awful mess, and yet he'd come to my study and cry like a baby. He said, oh, preacher's had help." Let's say this. This book would just represent a good whipping or a good cussing. It hurts. I don't like to hear. You know, when you get right with God, you don't like to even hear God's name used in vain. It just—it just goes through you. You get cussed out. Well, let's say you didn't really get cussed out, but you got blessed out. Sister So and So can do it so good. she's got a Tabasco tongue. (laughs) Leave you bleeding. My God. I mean, you forget the beauty of Jesus. You forget how great God is. All you think is that Tabasco tongue that cut you to pieces. My Lord. You go to your knees and pray and say, Lord, did you hit?" Yeah, he heard. Yes, he did. Did you hear? Oh, Lord, what am I going to do? Lord, did you hear all she said? And the first thing you know, I'm reciting it to the Lord. And I found out that the better I re- the more I recite it, the better I get. Come on. I don't mind you laughing. But I want you to remember you. And the sad thing, I know, you're going to forget me, and I don't mind that. But you're going to forget this truth, and I do mind that. You're going to forget it. But out there, when it starts over, you're going to tell it. You go tell it. Well, if you're married, you're telling it to your companion, you're telling your parents, you're going to tell it to Brother George. you're going to tell it somewhere, and you get to reciting this thing. And the more you recite it, the better you get at it. And the more your mental clock is working, and you're trying to figure out how am I going to cope with this blessed out that I got? How am I going to cope with this Tabasca tongue that I received? How am I going to cope with this thing that's really just paralyzed me nearly? Well, let's see, I know what I'll do. I, I, I know I, I've got it. Well, let's let's go a little further. Uh, how many of you like to get a bad, uh, a real hot letter? I had a friend tell me some time back. He's quite known in the holiness ranks. They said, you know, he is really capable of writing tough letters. Oh, I never got one from him. but I don't really want one from him. But uh, you know, there it is. And the Bible has stories of fellows that get tough letters. And uh, you might get a tough letter. <laughs> Uh, if you get in the work of the Lord, you probably get a tough letter someday. Somebody will write you and, said, <laughs> and they'll have it all down. And that one really gets tough because on this blessing out, maybe you forgot some things they said, you know, and things like that. But brother, when you've got it in black and white, you hold it out there and you can read it day by day. <laughs> oh, God. And so you go before the Lord and you put that letter out before the Lord. Here it is. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, God says, trust in Him. Thank you for the amens, but it's easy to sit there and say amen. I want to tell you, when you got the letter in your hand, it's not easy to say amen. I want to tell you, when you've got the letter in your hand, it's not easy to trust in the Lord. You don't even want to promise. you heard it, man. This thing's got you. What are you going to do? Well, I know what I'm going to do. Hey, we all know what to do. Oh. Do we ever know what to do? What do we go to school for? It'd just be a bunch of educated dummies? Sure, we know what to do, but God, I'll write them one back. I'll fix it. <laughs> so there's the blessing out, and there's, the, there's the, um, the letter. Now, let's just say this is the pink slip. No job. We don't need you. Bye-bye. Oh, I just bought a new car. I was planning on getting married. No job. Come on. Hey, just the piling up, friends. Let's say this, this next one that represents you've got a family now. You're up in years. You've got the family on in intensive care. I don't know what to do. Whew. Let's put that one up there. It'll pile up. Oh, this is so crude. I don't know why they asked me to come up here. You wanted to do it. Listen, hey, this is crude, but it's your life. And I couldn't stack it up like it'll stack up in your life, but just this is good enough. And we're saying, well, we've got a verse somewhere, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's a preacher preached about a verse one day. Um, yeah. He, he. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. To live a life of faith, what do we do? We have to throw away everything. This pile of books represents the cussing out, the letter, no job, somebody in intensive care. It's all, what I do? Throw it away! All my understanding about it. Throw it down. Forget it. And get before God. And say, my God, I know you heard every word that they said when they blessed me out and you've read the letter as well as I've read. You know all of what's in the letter. But oh my God, above and beyond the letter, beyond the cussing out, beyond the intensive care situation, beyond the fact of no job. I'm here before you this day. I'm here before you this hour. I must have what you know. I must know what you know in this case. I've got to get your point of view. I must have God's perspective in this thing. I've got to have what you want me to have. I'm wanting to have a safe trip. I want to tell you, you're on the way to a safe trip when you're talking like that, when you're coming before him. Faith is not contrary to wisdom, friends. It goes beyond wisdom. Glory be to God. Oh, faith is not some state of insanity. But, friends, reason can take you just so far and faith picks up and goes further. It goes beyond reason. It goes beyond understanding. It goes beyond analyzation. It goes beyond what you can figure out so many in confusion in the area of faith. I tell you today, you may wonder, after even last night, you may be wondering this morning, I don't know exactly, preacher, you can get out of the confusion if you'll really decide and determine which way are you leaning. And if you're leaning on the way you see it, and the way you've got it figured out, and the way you heard it, and I know I didn't hear wrong, and if you can throw that away, but here's what we do. We kind of Quit hurting, and we get to doing a little better. And somehow, somehow, Dr. we we manage to go back, and we pick it up again. We don't tell anybody; you, nobody knows it. And the next thing you know, we've got it all. We picked it back up—the cussing out, the loss of job, the the hot letter, all these different things—and we're carrying this load around again. Hmm. And while we start carrying this load around, Satan starts walking with us and says, God's against you, isn't he? At least it looks like it, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of looks like it. Whew. What am I going to do? What are you going to do? I'll tell you what you ought to do. I'd write that old boy back a letter and I'd fix so-and-so. I'd catch her. I'd let her have peace of my mind. Oh, and here we go. No, I'll tell you what you got to do. You got to throw it away again. In fact... You might have to throw it away about every month. I just know humanity enough and have worked in the church long enough to know that all of us, about once a month, we've, we've got a stuff, bunch of stuff cluttered around and we've picked up that we've kind of, we're juggling. They had a, a, a little Christmas promotion downtown. try to get people in our little one-horse town to get them downtown to shop during Christmas. And I had one night, I uh, took my youngest son, we walked down the street, and here was an old boy riding a unicycle and juggling three, three sticks that were on fire. <laughs> Whoa, was he ever had a lot going? Three flaming sticks riding a unicycle. Brother, talk about coordination. Hey, you think you're coordinated. You've got so many things to juggling. Well, if you can handle it all, you don't need the Lord, you see. If you can handle it all, what do you need faith for? The facts are we can't handle it. And the facts are we get into spiritual confusion. We end up in spiritual deadness. Oh, I was say, just about like the old fella said, oh, my wife knows I love her. I told her 40 years ago. That ought to be enough. The Lord knows I love him. I saved 50 years ago. That's why we got so many unexcited believers in the wholeness ranks nowadays. They're not seeing great things happen because of a great faith. They're not praying things to pass and seeing miracles performed in their lives and the power of God working. Why? why? They're leaning too much on their own understanding. They got it all figured out. We must live by this basic principle, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. What does it mean? It means I'm not putting my trust in my own ability to cope with problems. I'm leaning on Him. Some of you can cope better than others. Are you proud of it? Don't be proud of it. Look down on it. Oh, you need self confidence. Do you really? You see, in this age of meism, the church people even have added a third one supposed to be God first and then family. And and then we've added, number three has been added in there. Self. you got to believe in self. You've really got to esteem self. You've really got to have confidence in self. And the Lord said, if you're going to be my disciple, you got to deny yourself. I wonder, brother, do you believe that some of this denying of self would involve my own understanding? Could self-denial involve refusing to pay attention to the way I see it? Friends, when you know you see it their way and you know you were there, you were eyewitness, you heard it with your ears, you saw it with your eyes, you know there's no mistake. It's pretty hard to throw that. It's pretty hard to throw it down and to go and total surrender. An abandonment to him and say, oh, God, I don't care what I see and what I know. I'm going to lean on your word. I'm going to trust in your promise. I'm going to believe you. Most of us don't do it that way. We lean on our understanding and we say, and now, Lord Jesus, if you will, bless the way I see it. You know, I prayed about it. Please bless it. It don't work that way. It never has. It never will. It won't work for you. The second point quickly, thought it'd be done by now, but the second thought is this. Not only is there a principle which I live by, but there is a daily practice by which I live. Verse 6, in all thy ways. Not just your school days, but in all your days. In all thy ways. Acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. First of all, you trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding, and then you do acknowledge Him in all your ways. Hey, we're talking about a safe trip. We're talking about getting to the end of the journey safely. We're talking about staying out of the ditches of life. We're talking about surviving and arriving alive. We're talking about spiritual success. So first of all, I refuse to lean on my own understanding, but God never leaves us in a vacuum. He never leaves us just in a negative way. Here's the positive, and he says, you do see him. You acknowledge him in all of your ways. The negative side is to reject my own understanding. The positive is, in all of my ways, acknowledge Him. It's to be a daily practice. When I'm gone, and I mean, if you took a note, you throw the note away. (laughs) No, it's to be a daily practice as long as you live. That word acknowledge means to recognize or to see literally in all your ways, in all your daily life, you are to see God in them. You're to see God in everything. It's pretty easy to see God when you said I prayed about it and it just went like this, one, two, three. It doesn't always go one, two, three. A lot of times it stays zero. And you pray and you pray and you pray and it stays zero. And no answer comes and it doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen. What are you going to do? It means that God must be in all your ways and if he's not there, you can't see him. I'm to live in such a way that I can recognize him. Oh, how blessed to see him there day by day in my life to know even when the car blows up and things happen and one gets sick and and job fails or this insurance policy fails or somebody chews me out or or it goes wrong and my shoulders begin to sag and my heart begins to break, brother, and it gets so tough until we don't hardly know what way to turn. It's so good to be able to see him right there. Until one songwriter, I love the song, who said it. He was there all the time waiting patiently in love. He was there. He was there. I couldn't see it for a while. I thought, my God, there ain't any God in this outfit. This is hell. This is the devil. Everything gone crazy. God couldn't begin to be in it. But all of a sudden when I refuse and I reject my own understanding and I say, I'm going to trust in the word of God. And I'm going to look to him. The first thing you know, in the midst of... A lot of people say it, hell on earth, right in the midst of everything going in reverse, right in the midst of a broken heart, I see him. He's there. He's standing there. He's there. Glory be to God. And really, the Spirit makes it plain. He's been there all the time, just waiting for you to recognize, waiting for you to get off of your own understanding, waiting for you to unplug what you think you know and turn your back on it and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ once more. Can you say amen? Amen. You can live by this. It's a daily principle. Oh, you can live in such a way until it will be the present tense as well as the past. He's there, praise God. Oh, yeah, I see everything. The problems, the curves, the chuck holes. I know those who are against me. I know those who, who have offended me. I see the blockades and the barriers. But friend, if all you can see in your life is just the blockades, the barricades, the chuck holes, the people that have offended you, the people that have abused you, the people that have treated you unfairly, all the dirty bum deeds you've got in life, if that's all you're focusing on. Your life will be one of perpetual frustration and disappointment, no faith, no discernment. The secret is recognizing that God is there, involved in all of your ways. Glory to his name. Involved in every way of your life, woven into the fabric of everyday life. And right out in the middle, you wake up anew and fresh. He's there. Praise him. Oh, how uplifting to see him in the middle Of all things with you, caught in a jam, in a brand new storm, you'll respond and say, Lord, I know you're here. I know you're here somewhere. Let me see you. Lord, let me see you. Lord, Lord, I want to see you in all of this. Amen. That's what life is. Month after month, one brand new storm after the other. The weather patterns a farmer. It's pretty dry out there now. It's nice, but I have reason to believe we're going to catch it. And they'll generally catch it just because I'm here for my southern blood. To just get knee deep maybe. I-, I believe the snow, I believe there's a storm forming somewhere out there and it's going to come and just whoop, dump it right on Cincinnati. Hey, spiritually speaking, there's a brand new storm that's headed your way. You don't know about it this morning. And it's going to land right where you sit, where you live. It's just, whoop, you're going to be engulfed in it. And you're going to try to come out of it. And oh, you will just fight there. And, and we don't know. It'll determine which way you're leaning. If you're used to leaning on your own understanding how good you can figure things out. Hey, I found this out. We have some older people here. We have some teachers here. Some of you may be heading for retirement. I found out people in retirement age are just as guilty as young people just in their first year of Bible school. What are we going to do if they cut out the Social Security? If they cut off my little pension? If I, if, if I lose my savings? If, if I lose my CD? If I lose all this interest? How are we going to make it? They're raising. I've heard just, I've listened to old folks in the church just get bent out of shape over a $1 raise on collecting garbage in town. Man, I don't have a dollar to spare. I don't have time to play this, but come on. I hope I'm getting through. I hope the Spirit's getting through. Not me, but the Holy Spirit. Do you see this? You're not exempt, my brother. You've been in this way a long time. You're a brother beloved and thought of, and yet life for this dear precious man. The storm's hit. The storm hit. And the harbor get out of a brand new storm. Man, I'm in it. And I tell you what, I've experienced it long enough, doctor, until I've been in the storm that no human hand could touch me. Nobody could help me. Mama couldn't help. Nobody could help. Nobody. My friends couldn't help. Oh, all the brothers and sisters in the Lord and preacher brethren, they couldn't help. What am I going to do? And that's just where God loves to get you. I'm going to take up all this pile of my understanding. I'm going to throw it down. And I'm going to say, oh, my God, to thee and thee alone, I want to see you in this thing. I want to trust, and you'll be just like the airplanes. That's one nice thing about flying, that heavy overcast, that jet engine with all of its stuff, And you get up there. Man, it's sunshine! Look how beautiful. You just get above it all. Now, that's one thrill of flying. It was overcast yesterday, so heavy. And just right over the top. And hey, what is the song it said, back of the clouds, the sun is always shining. <laughs> oh! Will you trust him? Will you trust him? Will you discount? Will you reject? Will you look down on the way you see things? Preacher, how can I? I know, I was sad. It's this way. You'd be amazed how many people say, hey, it's this way, and it can't be no other way. To that individual, I feel sorry. Could I use a little incorrect grammar? You ain't never going to see God. Let me say this, I've tasted enough of his deliverance till I can throw down the way I see it right now. I've been so delighted so long with the way he handles things and works things out and delivers me and takes care of my troubles and sees me through storm after storm. I have found such delight in that so friends, I don't place much stock in the way I see it. <laughs> And I just tell you from every professor and every person here today, on down to the first, the youngest student here, every last one of you, that's what you need to do right today. You need to ask God the Holy Ghost to help you to have a brand new disapp- de- depreciation of the way you see things. God doesn't give a hoot about the way you see it. It's high time that all of us, better than ever, that we can see the way God sees it. We're looking on it the way God sees this thing. I'll tell you the greatest way for any pastor, any missionary, any child of God to live is to live from a God point of view, a God perspective. And then you can always walk through life through this very violent storms of life instead of landing in the ditch with the rest of the world and brother sister they are crashing by the millions they're crashing in the ditches of life today they're not making it they may have three hundred thousand dollar homes and be making all kind of money and just blowing it like crazy but they're coming apart at the seams and they don't know my Christ they don't know my Savior and they're going by the way they understand and it's so wonderful so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word just to know that's the Lord there's no sweeter way to live Lord I know you're here hey if I'm talking like that how can I complain and how can I murmur how can I plunge into despair there's no place to give up thank God never never give up why he's there all the time and so if you're in a storm this morning you don't even think about giving up you give up on what you see that's about all and you come to him You begin to plead the blood to see him. Amen. Lord, you're in this. I want to respond to you. And this kind of trust will bring about a supernatural guidance. Yes, it will. Look at that blessed promise. Look at it. In all thy ways, acknowledge the Lord. He shall direct thy paths. A few years ago, I was attending a conference. I was a moderator at that time, superintendent. We had a superintendent's conference out in the northwest. That was the same time that that plane crashed at the Capitol, in the Potomac River and those people went to an icy death. And yet there were heroic rescue efforts, a, a most dramatic thing. And uh, I was flying back. I had uh, driven as far as Little Rock, Arkansas, and on the way back in. We didn't know it, but Little Rock that morning had been iced in. They had 100 wrecks on the freeway that morning. And uh, I seated next to a fellow out of Denver, that from a uh, Nazarene guy. We just had a wonderful conversation. Well, we got over a little rocket. That guy started going around and around, and he said, uh, we're checking, what is it they check? They're checking the ceiling. And a lot of other, he couldn't find an airport, really, part of it. so I thought. I couldn't find it. I couldn't see it. And this guy wanted to keep talking, and he said, we're going we're gonna to circle one more time. And uh, what is it, checking minimums or something like that? I don't know. But uh, everybody got quiet, and this guy wanted to talk. I wanted to pray. I thought, if I'm going to crash, I want to die. I want to die praying. I don't want to die talking. I want to die praying. Well, I quit talking to him, and he started looking out the window. And we were circling around in all this soup. I mean, you couldn't see it. He said, well, if we can't find it, if we can't uh, land, we'll go on to Memphis. But down, down, he he said, we're going to try it now. Everybody got quiet. I mean, all the chatter stopped. And that plane started down, I'll be honest. If picking my feet up would have helped, I'd done that too. (laughs) (laughs) Down. I didn't think we'd ever see the runway. But then when he broke through, it was there, and he touched down. Everybody cheered. You couldn't see the uh, the tower and the terminal from where we were. It was that thick. I don't know how he brought it down. But big old dummy me, I forgot. Man, I don't know nothing about flying. I don't have no faith in that guy. He's got faith in God to keep him alive, do what he knows he's been trained to do. I don't know all the ins and outs of flying, but I forgot. Hey, wait a minute. They got the greatest, most high-powered, the latest electronic-guided systems that the world has ever known. And they've got a certain kind of electronic device in that runway and in that tower, and he's got it in that plane. And he didn't have to see. He just had to get that thing locked in. (laughs) And right down at the last, that's all he needed to see, and that's all he had. Just right at the last, he could see enough to know when to let her on and ease it down and the Spirit of God witnessed in my heart. That's the way life is again and again. It's like that one big soupy storm after the other until you can't see your hand in front of your face and you don't know what to do. And I found out if you think life's complicated, just get a little older. It seems like the older you get, the more complex your life becomes. The storms become more fierce. They become more complicated. They seem to add up and the storms of life just get to rolling and the and you can't see, you can't head, tail, having and the tails. You just know you love Jesus and that's all you know. And all you can do is trust in him and the Holy Ghost will just say, trust me, trust me. He's got a supernatural guidance system that can bring you through the darkest of hours, through the thickest of the soup. He can bring you through safely right away. you gladly reject your own understanding wouldn't you ask God would you not repent of this today and ask God to forgive you for leaning on your own understanding and promise God this very morning hour that you're going to trust him and acknowledge him in all of your ways look at that promise once more trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. I want to remind you, your understanding may be accurate, but God knows more than you know. You believe that? I want everybody to, whether you believe you can say amen or not, I want you to try it. Do you believe God knows more than you know? Can you say Amen. Uh, try it once more. Amen? amen? All right. Remember you said it. You said amen to that truth. You see, you say, but I don't see anything. You will if you be faithful. The Spirit's going to show you. You see, when you stop at just what you see, you're stopping short. You're never going to get what He sees when you hold on to what you see. You're never going to get God's point of view You're never going to have a God perspective in your life when you hold on to what you see and the way you see it. That's why he says, lean not, get beyond your understanding. Lean in the right direction. What's the right direction? Plug into what Jesus knows. You've got to throw away what you know you know, what you think you know in order to find out what God knows. Will you let him? I hope you won't throw this little lesson away this morning. I know you got eating on the mind or the stomach or something. You got it somewhere. You've got meals or I doubt it's too much fasting on the brain. But And just around the corner, you'll be in a storm. Do you want what he has or do you love what you know?
0: Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of interchurch holiness convention featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, Post Office Box 99, New Berlin, Pennsylvania, 17855-USA.